great value in, um, in, in the price or the premium associated with the metal, great availability. And one last piece, what is betraying the, the, the price is the massive drawdowns we're seeing in all the world's exchanges. The biggest money in the world is using the price suppression to accumulate the most gold by central banks in 2022 since 1967, 55 years ago. So the central banks are front running what is coming and they are copiously accumulating it. The London Metals Exchange, it has its lowest level of silver inventories in the 140 year history of the exchange since they started keeping records. The COMEX market only has 33 million ounces or actually it's up to about 35 or 6 million ounces backing the price setting mechanism. Those bars that are ver- uh, um, um, immediately available for delivery and the country of India imported 300 million ounces, 10 times what COMEX has available for delivery. And this is how the price is set. So we are witnessing a period of time where price is an illusion, where um, things have been very distorted. And the biggest money in the world is front running. I often use this example of when Roosevelt confiscated gold. All his buddies sent all their gold offshore to the banks in Switzerland and England and safe deposit boxes. I've become very good friends with the largest importer of those coins in, in North America. And they all come from, you know, bank accounts in, in Zurich and in England that have been there since World War II. And he imports the crap out of them because the people who knew what was coming, they, they shipped their gold out of the country before it was accumulated. Much to the same thing. If you go back to gold being reclassified, the only other tier one asset in 2019, do you think it's coincidence that all the central banks started repatriating their gold from the Fed in 2017? In 2018, they bought more gold as a group than the previous 60 years combined. In 2019, that was up 100%. And then the BIS, just coincidentally, Bank of International Settlements, the central bank or central banks. said, oh, by the way, gold's the only other tier one reserve asset in the world. Do you think there's any coincidence do you think there's any coincidence that the central banks bought more gold last year than at any time in the past 55 years? No. Do you think there's any coincidence that the exchanges are being bled down of things like aluminum? 70% reduction in aluminum right now on the, on the uh, London Metals Exchange, yet it was just reported that China holds 20% of the global aluminum stockpiles. Do you think there's a coincidence? What I'm saying to you, is that we are all being misdirected by price and rhetoric. And when you talk about price, gold finished a year flat, silver up 3%. But it was at all-time highs in the euro, up 11% in, uh, in UK pounds. Why? Because the dollar was stupidly and inordinately and unjustifiably strong. Here in the States, when we measure things in dollars, we're not seeing things clearly. All I can say to you is simply, The most sophisticated, well-funded, well-informed traders on the globe are draining the supply across the globe, not just of gold and silver, but of industrial metals as well and commodities, even things like corn and soybeans and all of the things that now China holds the largest stockpiles of corn, of soybeans, of wheat, of copper, of aluminum. They're accumulating it all and they're using price suppression to do so. And we are so looking at the wrong ball as the people on the and the East are using commodities to back a new system, and they are using the stupid price suppression of the West to do so because rising gold and silver is not like rising corn and soybeans. 
Rising gold and silver are a monetary metal that signal the frailty of the system. It's the little old man behind the curtain in the Wizard of Oz. And the higher the price of gold and silver go, it betrays the, the, the supposed strength and safety of the U.S. dollar and the U.S. Treasury market. It is what they are fighting tooth and nail to avoid, yet what is betraying all of that is the biggest money in the world are taking it off the exchanges. And let me tell you something. Even for me, who has an account at Comex, who has been doing this for 33 years, it is a massive pain in the ass to take metal off of Comex. Incredibly so. And it ain't easy. And so when you see these people doing it and shipping it out of the exchanges, it's telling you, it's telling you that it's some classic misdirection. So anyways, uh, what you're seeing in the retail market right now hasn't quite caught up to what's happening at the wholesale level. And I think it will. But I honestly do believe, honest to God, that you're looking to add to your your metal portfolio. It's never been more advantageous, both in premium and availability, since March of 2020. And uh, has anything changed? Has everything gotten better? Are we on the cusp of a turnaround? Don't know. Hope so. Uh, But if you aren't convinced that that be the case, then... This is just more smoke and mirrors by by an administration who is clinging to the last vestiges of their power. And uh, when we see gold and silver rise, it signals the end of the system. And I think we're closer to that than we've ever been in my career. You're on mute, buddy. You're on mute. I think I think we see that collapse this year. Um those people holding paper would just demand their physical silver. Would the game stop? I mean, would it immediately stop? Yeah, and that, and that's and so that's why you're seeing it drawn down before that happens. So the big money knows that at some point you you get force majeure. You you get no longer no longer deliveries are allowed. Uh, are, how close are we to that? Well, if there's only okay, let's take the whole Comex ecosystem, right? I don't know how many vaults are in the Comex um, ecosystem. But if you take all of the silver in the Comex, there's about 300 million ounces, just under. About 50 million ounces or so have been drawn down last year, most of it in the registered category. But if you have 300 million ounces, the majority of the silver in Comex is what's called eligible. Those are bars that could be delivered if they wanted to be. The bars that we have in our in our Brinks new uh, JFK New York account, we have a big Brinks account there amongst other depositories. That's the only Comex facility that we have association with for our business and for our clients. The other six or seven Brinks vaults we use are not related to Comex. But if you take all of the bars inside of Comex, there's about 300 million ounces. But the majority are owned by people like me. It's not for sale. I'm not selling it. It's not part of what's backing the price uh, or the contracts that are available for delivery. Those are called registered. So because it's eligible, that means the COMEX has already assayed it and verified it's, uh, the validity of it, the, the weight and the, the authenticity and the bar numbers and all that. So if Elon Musk said, hey, I want everyone silver, I'll pay $20 premium per ounce, I could very easily transfer it to the registered category where they could then be delivered. Um, India imported more silver in one year than we have on the entire Comex universe, most of which isn't for sale. We're this close. 
to seeing something change if the demand continues the way that it is. And I think in any respect, the only way to successfully manipulate a market over a very long extended period of time is to push it in the direction that it is going. You cannot hold back global demand. And for my whole career, gold and silver were an afterthought to most people and to most of the world, but it ain't happening anymore. And it starts from the top on down. And, uh, You've got to be an absolute moronic idiot to try to short gold and silver in this environment. And I think that is becoming kind of reality where you're seeing metals creep higher and higher and higher. Is it the beginning of a new trend? Maybe. Uh, does it go way, way higher? Hopefully, probably. Is it the end of the COMEX manipulation? Don't know. But I will tell you this. When you see the price of silver finally break out and move up to 60, 70, 80, 90 bucks, 100, whatever it is, you will know that the end of the manipulation is here because it is no longer in weak hands. And when this stuff leaves COMEX and moves to India and to China and to Saudi Arabia, it's gone for good. It's never coming back. And, and that's the point that I'm getting at. It will reach a point of no return. We will cross that Rubicon. And now you can't manipulate something by shorting it when one of the options is to stand for delivery. If you can no longer stand for delivery, then the market is rendered obsolete. This is why you will see markets spring up like the Russian market. The, uh, the Moscow Metals Exchange will now take over when that happens, um, or the, the Shanghai Gold Exchange, and they'll price gold and silver fairly the way that they should be because they own it all. Uh, and they've been using the price suppression of the West to accumulate it all. And so it's, we're being beat at our own game. The, the difference is, is that they look at this game as being years or decades. They've been playing the game for a long time. We look at things in days and hours. And when the music stops and they flip the switch and they hold all of the lion's share of the world's commodities and commodities get priced fairly, not just in dollars off of U.S. exchanges, Pardon my French, but the shit's going to hit the fan in a big, big way. And I I just wish I could convey that to people and, and have them believe that I'm objective about this. I am not talking my book. I truly, truly believe that this is a once-in-a-generation opportunity. And the biggest money in the world is misdirecting us all. Do not look at what the rhetoric says. Look at what the biggest money in the world is doing. And they are accumulating under the cover of darkness, and that cover of darkness is price suppression. The current system's gonna work until it breaks. And when it does, when you see that breakout of silver, gold, metals, the system will have broken. And that's simply just like your car. You can hear the bearing going out. It's gonna work until it breaks. And that's what our system is doing right now. When that break occurs, then it's too late to pick it up. Well, the difference is, and I'd make the analogy, uh, and that's a good one. And But the analogy is of how many people driving the car think of uh, everyone who could possibly drive your car, your 16-year-old kid or your 80-year-old, 85-year-old grandmother, how many of them would know the sound of the bearing being bad? Well, I, I heard that. I'll give you an example. I got in my daughter's car the other day. She just came back from college. I get in a car and all four tire lights are on. I'm like, what the hell? Are, what are you doing? Why have you not put the air in your tire? Oh, she thought, oh, I just thought that that was a broken light. Are you kidding me? So it's like, you know, it's like I go and fill up her tires. They're all four of them are almost, you know, half flat. The point of it is, is like, 
how many people hear the, the bearings right now of the system? Your people do. People have been following you sure as hell do. People have been listening to me, hopefully do. But that's the point. The bearings are rubbing. They're grinding. It's metal on metal. And so few people hear it. Uh, and that's kind of the analogy here. You'd heard it the minute you get in your car. Uh-oh, the bearings are, are rubbing, and I better bring right. it in and get a tune-up. Well, I think a lot of people don't hear the metal rubbing against metal. And that's uh, that's kind of the why so few people will be ready or prepared for what's coming. All-time multi-decade high in uh, credit card debt, almost all-time low in savings. I mean, we are not prepared for what's coming. And, you know, again, uh, I wish I wish that our message was more rosy and cheery because uh, I've, I've never owned gold almost my entire career. I didn't buy gold and silver because of what's coming, what I see coming. I owned it because it was wealth and it had been wealth for 5,000 years and I viewed it to be a better way to hold my wealth. And all of a sudden I look at the world in a different way. I'm concerned for the first time in my life. First time I'm actually scared of what, what we are about to embark upon. Now, look, I hope I'm wrong and I hope we're able to engineer a, an exodus from, from this mess, but um, I don't think we are going to be able to without going through considerable difficulties. So this is why I look at the environment right now of, of low premiums <laughs> and good availability as a real, real uh, blessing for those that are looking to make this transition. Um, <laughs> I see people offering to tune up your car there for you there, uh, Andy. <laughs> What was that one? What was that one that he just put on there about the? What was the one you just had up there? Oh, he was talking about how we haven't even seen the full effect of all the money printing. Yeah, yet. I love that. If you look at as a trader, and you know what's coming. I mean, anybody I that does anything about economics, and you know, we'd already doubled the M1 monetary supply. That doesn't even come close to what we did to the M2 monetary supply, and then we just turned around and, in effect, squeezed in another four billion. I mean, four trillion. In just the last few uh, weeks, it's See, I love what you call it. Uh, when I started, there used to be something called M3, and they don't even publish that anymore. That was the broadest okay. measure of the money supply. But what he said is very astute um, because it, if you look at the amount of money that has been created since 2008, it, it's been extraordinary. The Fed balance sheet increased by almost $9 trillion. And um, that doesn't take into account the $6 trillion that they put into just threw into the money supply. Um, so you're talking so much of that has been holed up in financial assets. Let me give you an example. Um, do you know, okay, that the Dow Jones mark has been around since 1896, 124 years, something like that. Um, and we know that Wall Street is addicted to easy money and, and low interest rates, right? We know that. We know that the 08-09 financial crisis was um, um, a, a big problem. And the way that the Fed uh, engineered a recovery from that was to start printing money like Mad Men. Okay, that's all known. At the end of 09 in 2010, do you know what the Dow Jones was at in 2010? Do you have any idea? 
Yeah, we talked about 10,600. Ah, did we talk about that already last week? Okay, time flies. My bad. Yeah, 10,600. I, I, I honestly thought it was probably closer to, you know, 1820. So, I mean, that one caught me. I mean, we tripled the Dow Jones in, in 12 just years. Over 10 years. That's nuts. And all of that money that is holed up that was created is in financial assets. And as that money comes out, like he's saying, we haven't begun to, to see the full effects of inflation to the extent of all of the money creation, but most of it has been holed up in financial assets that will hit the balance sheet, like the bond market. At what point do the bond traders say, my God, it's being eviscerated. We have to sell bonds right now. We have to get out of them as rates keep rising. It's killing us, right? The worst performing market ever in the history of the treasury market on the 10-year treasury last year, down 16%. How many fund managers can continue holding treasuries that are being eviscerated? When those sell, where does the money go? You will see money go back into the system and price inflation. This is a little respite. Uh, this is kind of a, a soft spot. I expect inflation to, re to re resume its trend upward here um, later in 2023. And, and what that gentleman says is, is spot on. Um, I don't even know where to go next with uh, getting a lot of folks, uh, trusts, IRAs, how do they move them if they want to move them to precious metals? Saw a couple of those in there. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think the precious metals IRA is really, 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 really a good place to, to put your money um, because you can take physical possession of the metal and um, through distribution. So the company that I work with, I work with all of them. The one that I like the best is New Direction Trust Company in Louisville, Colorado, NDTCO as in New Direction Trust Company.com. New Direction Trust Company in Louisville, Colorado, roll over your IRA, uh, and then you can purchase physical metal. And um, that's, that's a... Um, a great way to make a bigger splash in the gold pool without writing out a bigger check. I saw someone had a question there about uh, sterling. Can you throw that one back up there? Yeah, I'll look for it. They've got a, a large amount of sterling or silverware, that type. Uh, what do they do with it? I'll see if I can find the question. So look, I normally, I'm going to probably catch a lot of hell for this, but normally I don't, I don't really love doing that. Uh, my operations doesn't, but if, if Eva wants to send her metal into us, we can melt it down and, um, and convert it into coins. Because when you talk about silver flatware, first of all, sterling, there, I don't even know off the top of my head how you calculate from sterling to pure silver, because sterling is not pure silver. And no one knows what it's worth. I mean, it's worth something because it's silver, but how do you value something? I mean, when, if you have an ounce of silver, you know what you got. If you have a silver knife, what do you have? And like, for example, a silver knife, right? The blade is made of stainless steel. The handle is made of plaster with a thin covering of, of sterling silver over it. The, the dishes, like the plates, the big serving spoons, those are the ones that have the most silver in them. For your listeners, Mark, and I will not make this um, publicly other than with you, uh, here I am talking to God knows how many people saying I'll do this. Truly, you are the best thing, uh, the best 
I don't know. You're my favorite, my favorite guy since all of 2022. Uh, my relationship with you has really been wonderful. So for your people, I will do it. If they call us and want to ship their sterling in, the, the thing is this. Once you do it, there's no going back because we got to, like in the case of the knife, I got people there that will break the, the, the handle off the blade, uh, pull the plaster out, you know, and it, they're going to they're gonna melt it down and, and, and deface it. Um, I'll tell you that if you own silver sterling that has a pattern to it and, and you think it's worth a lot of money, then you're better selling it on eBay because you will never witness anything other than melt value from a company like mine. But you take that melt value, let's say you got $5,000 out of it, you can buy coins or bars with it, and you go from a, a position of illiquidity on, on, on silverware that you probably use at best once a year into silver coins and bars that you can put away and, and store. So it is something I will do for your people. We have the smelter. We have the refinery, refining capabilities, <clears throat> 10-ounce bars <clears throat> um, that we're still trying to get done for you. But, yeah, we could uh, – we could convert them into anything from 10 ounce bars to one ounce coins, whatever you like. All right. Uh, well, so yeah, we're going to make that an absolute priority today and tomorrow so that we can like bring you in early next week and maybe show them the uh, design. Uh, <laughs> this is what we were talking about the other day. Uh, when the stock market goes up, why does it seem like gold goes up? And when the stock market goes down, why does it seem like gold goes down? And I submitted to you, it's an algorithm. You know, what you said is what everyone says is conventional wisdom. And maybe there's a bit of it. And, you know, I don't, I don't, uh, I think, that, you know, what you said is what everyone says, is what we're taught to be the case. And that is that there's a lot of margin debt and people who have gold and silver when the market collapses will sell their most liquid item, that being the metals, to cover their margin debt. Yeah, maybe to a small degree, but I would submit Gold and silver are not commodities like we are led to believe. Gold and silver are the canary in the mine shaft. Gold and silver uh, are monetary metals that are, are inversely reflective of the strength of the system. So if gold and silver go to the moon, it's not like soybeans and, and, and corn going to the moon. If gold and silver go to the moon, it's, oh, the dollar must be in big trouble. So if you have, yeah, if you have a market collapsing, why not put it just – in a world of high-frequency trading and algorithms, when the market goes up, gold can go up because no one's freaking out. They're euphoric. But if the market collapses, you can't let gold and silver go up like that because what it will do will incite and motivate people to find alternatives and exit the system. And it's very uncanny if you watch it. It'll give them a place to run to. So they manipulate it on purpose. And Andy brought up a great point. We do know that Aladdin AI, which is BlackRock's AI, for the most part, runs our market. When it first uh, started running our market, uh, they had an oops, an oh crap moment because Martin Luther King Day came along. I think it was like 14, 15, somewhere in there in the mid um, uh, 2010s. And the market woke up and started trading like there was no problem at all, even though the traders were all at home for the, uh, for the market vacation. And that's that was my wake up moment that an algorithm on a computer does all the trading for the market. They quickly shut it down after it cranked up and traded, but it was a pure panic. Uh, and that lets you know just how manipulated. So Andy threw out the possibility or the theory 
that that same algorithm is purposely manipulating gold and metals to go up and down the same way the market does so that you don't run to it as a safety valve. And that makes perfect sense because before those algorithms came online, if the market went down, metals went up, metals went up, market went, it was like perfect. It was like textbook and now suddenly it gets turned on its ear. And who and who was the administrator of the iShares Trust? Oh yeah, that's BlackRock. Oh, oh yeah, Morgan and HSBC Bank. So you got the cartel in charge. And if you wanted the Western system to seem stronger than it was, like the Wizard of Oz being bigger than he was, uh, the big booming voice, well then you do things like that. Uh, to Gwen's question, how much does it cost? Look, if you own this is what people don't understand. Um, if you own GLD or SLD, the ETFs inside your IRA, no storage fees. My favorite ETFs are PHYS and PSLV, the Sprott Trust. So PHYS Fizz is the gold and PSLV, obviously, the silver. Um, no storage fees, right? The management fee on PHYS and PSLV is 60 basis points, and it's either 40 or 60 on, PS, on SLV and GLD. In other words, you're paying 100 basis points being 1%. So you're paying between 40 and 60 basis points in any of these ETFs in management fees, which will be less than substantially or more than substantially more than the storage fees for storing your metal inside physical metal that you can take possession of within the IRA. So you're you're, there are no management fees. You have the custodial fees and the and the vaulting fees, which will be less than the management fees on on any of the, the physical ETFs. So it's 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 not even an issue at all. In fact, it's a savings, and you have the physical, and you can take possession of that physical if and when you want to. Whereas an ETF is just a price representation of the real thing. It's like if things get bad, do you want stock in Kellogg's or boxes of Frosted Flakes? Well, I'd rather have boxes of Frosted Flakes being stored for me for less than it costs to, to own the stock in Kellogg's. And if I really want those Frosted Flakes, I can get them sent to me. You can't if you're owning an ETF. So good question, fair question, but um, less than depending upon the depository. And you write my charges. Yes, we have what I believe is the best storage program in North America. We have worldwide exclusives with Brinks that no one has ever been given by them. But in an IRA, it cannot be held within our program. It could be in the same Brinks facility, but the custodians like New Direction strike deals with the IRA or with the uh, depositories. So our storage program, which has probably delivered close to $300 million across North America, we have like eight vaults, um, is only for non-qualified money, that being money that is not in an IRA. If it's in an IRA, those deals have already been set up. And uh, the most I've seen by any of the depositories is 35 basis points. Most of them are much less than that. That's already less than the management fee of GLD and SLD, which just gets siphoned out of your account each year. You don't even realize it. Apparently, my voice sounds like Tom Hanks. I've been told I look like him. I didn't like that. <laughs> I don't know. There are a lot of women out there that like him. I like what Chill just said. 
yeah, well, and that's just it. Spot prices is, is make believe, um, and and it is. And and I used to say that it's you know trade your your paper dollars for for real money. Um, I like that too, and you know it's easy for me to say that as, as someone who owns a metals company, and you know just sit back and wait. Um, but let's look at it from that perspective, right? Uh, in two thousand and two, uh, let me look in. Let me just Google this real quick. I don't mean to do this, but let me look on my phone. Let's do this. Two thousand and two, Dow Jones. All right, in 2002, the Dow Jones was 10,700. Okay, close enough. Uh, and the price of gold was $252 an ounce. All right, let's do the S&P 500. That's even a broader. S&P 500, 2002. Okay, so the S and P five hundred in two thousand and two was three thousand seven seventy. So what is it right now? In two thousand twenty-two, it is hardly up at all from there. What is it? Where is it? Thirty-four hundred forty-seven hundred. Okay, so it's hardly up at all. Look. The Dow Jones call it ten thousand. It's tripled in, since two thousand and two. Um, in two thousand and two, gold was two hundred fifty-two dollars an ounce. So it's up ninefold. It's outperformed all the markets, but it's the it is the tortoise, not the hare. It's moved up very slowly, very methodically. Uh, and if you held it long enough, it has kept pace with inflation and then some. The thing of it is, is that I don't think people realize that. Gold and silver should be held not to get wealthy. And that's the biggest takeaway that I would, would say to people is, you, you yes, you own enough of it, you'll be wealthy. But you don't buy it to get rich. You buy it because it's money. And, and the money around us, which we call money, the currency, is being destroyed. And, and so gold and silver could certainly make you wealthy, but don't buy it to become wealthy. In the end, the tortoise won the race, and he will. But it's not going to be glitzy like the last several years of, you know, three x on your on your uh, your your equity portfolio and ten x on your crypto portfolio, and you have a whole generation of people thinking that's normal. It's not normal. My mentor Richard Russell, God rest his soul, the most amazing guy ever, uh, would say if you made six or seven percent a year, you are a rock star. And people who think that you know these double and triple digit gains are normal. Are um, are going to be sadly mistaken when life um, returns to more of a normal um, uh, take. Uh, Phys, I sent my depository. Should I move it? Uh, there's nothing wrong with money metals. Uh, look, they're come. I don't know them other than the fact I don't hear bad things about them. Um, I'll say this objectively, and and I I'm not cast on money metals. I've never heard a bad word about them ever. Okay. So please understand this has nothing to do with them. They're a fine company. They're a competitor of mine and a fine company. And I, I like competition. That's the way it's supposed to be. And if they were bad, I'd say, you know, I've heard some things, not a word, nothing but good things about them ever. Okay.
okay? But there was a company called Bullion Direct um, out of Austin, Texas, that was very, 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 very competitive company. And um, they stored metal for people. Now, you know, Money Metals is, is, they have a big vault and it seems very legitimate. Um, the issue with um, Bullion Direct is they stole $35 million worth of metal. So, you know, there is something to be said for storing it independently, but I want to be very clear. Um, I have never, ever, ever heard anything but glowing things about Money Metals Exchange, and I have nothing but the best of things to say about them, and I'm sure you are completely and totally fine. Plus, New Direction allows you to store there, and they wouldn't have chosen them if that not being the case. I personally prefer third party myself. You can buy the metal from Money Metals and have it stored somewhere else too. Uh, you don't have to store it with them. And again, I'm not trying to cast anything upon them other than to say there is something to be said for, for storing it separately from the people you bought it from. This is why I choose to work with Brinks. And uh, because I don't want to have it stored in any Miles Franklin vault, which we have a vault, but I don't store you know, I don't recommend people put their metal there. I would much rather see them stored in our Brinks facility. So this is a touchy subject, and, and I mean nothing but respect to Money Metals. And, uh, again, this is just completely hypothetical. This did happen one time with Bullion Direct. And um, removal of counterparty risk is always something that um, is in people's best interest, whether it's my company or anyone else's. I shouldn't be personally holding metal for anybody. and uh, But again, I'm sure it's completely and totally fine, and I'm sure there's no reason to move it. Um, at least if I heard it, I would tell you, but I have not heard any reason that you would ever want to move it out of where it is at Money Metals. I'm sure they're great. Let's see. I just want to... So yeah, um, Michael, thank you. Uh, our 55D Tesla, thank you. Uh, David, I go back to junior high school with David. One of the things about my company that, um, that I'm very proud of is that almost every single person who works for me literally uh, is either my family or my friends that I've known since elementary school and junior high, everyone with the exception of two or three. And um, most of the brokers that you will talk to, Dan, David, Lance, um, Duran, Justin, um, Joel, these are, these are my friends that I grew up with from elementary school, high school, Richard. Um, they're my family. And that's one of the things that kind of differentiates us from others is the people you talk to have a very strong vested interest in, re, in, in keeping the integrity of, of our reputation intact. Uh, that, that's a good example right there. Well, Texas, I wonder if that, that's not right, Seawolf, in an IRA. If you're paying 500 bucks a month in an IRA, something seems wrong there. My guess is that's not in an IRA. If you're paying 6000 bucks a year, you have a lot of metal being stored outside of an IRA. I mean, if he can write that back, I would bet 100 bucks right now that it's not in an IRA. Um, but, 
inside of it. So that's one of the things inside of an IRA, the depositories give better deals than outside of the IRA uh, because the deposit the custodians send a tremendous amount of business to the depository. So they lowball their rates. So I would bet dollars to donuts at that 500 a month is 100% not inside of an IRA. Yeah. And I'm guessing not just, or, uh, physical collection. Like it's not an IRA. Yeah, he's got a lot of metal there. That's six thousand bucks a year. I will beat that easily. I don't even need to know what it is. We have um, the ability to to offer the lowest rates in North America through our Brinks program. Um, but again, never heard a bad word about the Texas Bullion Depository. Um, no reason to do it, but if you want to explore, you know, you have to also factor in the cost of sending it. So if you want to explore, like moving it to a new direction, I mean, excuse me, to uh, bring Salt Lake City. We have the only fixed rate storage program in North America. They gave us the ability to fix the rate. Uh, We negotiated that 12 years ago. So we have a lot of things that that no one else in the whole industry has. Um, Storage is an interesting deal. You know, you got to think real hard about where you're storing it and who's it's with because, you know, it has to be, this is the, the, the people you are trusting with your savings. So I think it's very important to think long and hard about where it's stored. Uh, we, to, to uh, Aaron, uh, we make the arrangements with Brinks. You call us and we send you paperwork and we deal directly with Brinks for you. These big depositories uh, like Brinks will not work directly with the public. They are not set up to work directly with the public. So we have a parent account up here, and all underneath it are individual sub-accounts fully assured, fully directed to that sub-custodian. They, if there's a problem, they want to reach out to me, to our company, so that we collect the storage fees and we deal with the customer service issues by going back and forth with Brinks, they are not uh, set up. None of them are Loomis Brinks. None of them are set up to work directly with the public. So Dunnigan Kaiser Chill actually works for me. He He's a rep of mine. Um, Dunnigan is, was a, a retired engineer. He's an amazing guy. I'm on his show every Tuesday. And uh, he is actually a representative of Miles Franklin. So uh you can purchase metal through done again. He is a, a rep of my company and, and uh, someone I much like Mark that I am genuinely um, um, uh, very, very, very honored to be associated with. He and his two boys are of the highest moral character of, of just about anyone I've met in this industry, much like you, Mark. Um, I'm going to squeeze in one last one for you, and then we really need to wrap up, especially a day where you're supposed to keep it short. Um, that never happens. happens. Yeah, no, it does, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, shipping heavy amount of valuable metal. Well, the only way you can re- – there are two ways you can do it. The way that you can do it is to send it by registered and insured U.S. mail, $50,000 max per box. Registered and insured, not certified, registered and insured U.S. mail. If you're working with a company like mine, we can send you an air bill um, and you tell us what you're shipping. We send you back exactly what to put in each box and UPS will pick it up at your house. 
You cannot go to UPS. You cannot go to FedEx and tell them what's inside your box. They will not ship it. They won't insure it. They'll ship it, but no insurance. Uh, we would add the supplemental insurance for you on the air bill using our insurance. You could ship it by UPS. But if it's just you, like you're shipping it to your, your brother in Kentucky, uh, you got to do it by registered and insured mail, 50,000 per box, 70 pound weight limit per box. So you won't, don't want to go over 70 and you don't want to go over 50,000 in value. Um, yeah, I've got to figure that out. Um, be able to move some. It's, I'm glad they asked that question. All right, Andy, is there anything you want to add in uh, closing? Not a darn thing, my brother. Uh, just that I love being here and I look forward to uh, seeing you, uh, Next week, uh, to uh, pick up where we left off, I think it's going to be a crazy year. You know, the old Chinese curse may live in interesting times. And uh, thanks for having me, Mark. Thanks for letting me ride shotgun with you in this crazy journey. And uh, look forward to uh, hopping back in the front seat next week. Appreciate that. All right, guys. Everybody take care. And I'll be back at 7 this evening. Bye, guys.